Welcome to Falun Gong News, direct from China and around the world, from the Minghui website. Topics include news about the persecution of Falun Gong in China, local events, and special items of interest. Now for this week's stories. New Zealand. Practitioners of Falun Dafa, also known as Falun Gong, observed the arrival of spring in the Southern Hemisphere by hosting a celebration at the Auckland Botanical Gardens on October 21st and 22nd. Waste drum performances and traditional Chinese dances were presented on a stage near the garden entrance. Practitioners set up several booths throughout the 158-acre garden, where they demonstrated the exercises, told people about Falun Dafa, and exposed its brutal persecution by the Chinese Communist Party, CCP. Practitioners' booths provided many forms of entertainment, including musical performances and a traditional tea ceremony, as well as informational booths on topics such as Chinese medicine, calligraphy, and the art of paper cutting. People praised the beauty of Falun Dafa and the principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance as they learned about genuine Chinese culture. Israel. Since violence broke out in Israel on October 7th, thousands of families have been forcibly evacuated from the war zone. Uncertainty now permeates their lives. Evacuees have lost their homes, jobs, and incomes, and are constantly afraid for their lives. Falun Dafa practitioners in Israel joined the international volunteer efforts to provide relief. On October 18th and 21st, groups of practitioners held workshops to introduce the Falun Dafa exercises as a way of helping evacuees find peace of mind and a sense of stability. Evacuees expressed gratitude to practitioners for offering them hope and something positive. Many said they were interested in continuing to learn the exercises. Romania. Practitioners held informational events to introduce Falun Dafa in the city of Pitesti on October 14th and 15th. Passersby also learned that since 1999, practitioners in China have been incarcerated for their belief and some subjected to forced organ harvesting. For the people of Romania, the persecution in China brought to mind similar tragedies in their past. The Romanian Communist Party implemented its re-education system known as the Pitesti Experiment in their locale over 70 years ago. It was designed to legitimize suppression and dehumanized Communist Party dissenters. Many Romanians sympathized with practitioners in China and lamented the fact that innocent people in the 21st century were still being persecuted. Many people were happy to sign the petition asking the president of Romania to condemn the CCP's forced organ harvesting from living practitioners in China. Australia. Falun Dafa practitioners from Australia, New Zealand, and Vietnam assembled at a famous tourist destination in Melbourne on October 28th 
to present a Chinese character formation activity. Practitioners sat in assigned spots that formed Chinese characters, depicting the message, the Fa rectifies the cosmos. The majestic statement is clearly discernible when viewed from above. Large-scale group character formation events have drawn attention to the cultivation practice of Falun Dafa since 1996 in China. Today, events such as these are taking place worldwide. Although they are now banned in China due to the CCP's persecution of Falun Dafa, onlookers describe the process of creating these formations as impressively orderly. It demonstrates self-discipline and highlights the wonder of Falun Dafa. Bulgaria. Falun Dafa practitioners introduced their spiritual practice to the public in the city of Plovdiv on October 21st. They also raised awareness of the 24-year persecution of their fellow practitioners in China. Signatures were collected on two petitions during the event. The first condemns the CCP for its numerous human rights abuses, including the persecution, while the other calls on Bulgarian authorities to ensure that Bulgarian citizens and institutions do not participate in the CCP's forced organ harvesting operations. The event was held just before the local elections on October 29th, so many candidates stopped by the booth to learn more. They expressed their solidarity and support for practitioners' efforts. One passerby happened to work in South Korea and had seen the vigils held by practitioners there. He said those events are respected and are an impressive and imposing sight. Virginia, USA. The Annandale Parade, an annual tradition since 1950, was held on October 28th this year. The parade route passed through the hub of Annandale's business district and was brimming with people. Falun Dafa practitioners demonstrated the five sets of exercises on their lotus flower float, gave waist drum performances as part of the procession, and distributed flyers along the parade route. The parade also featured storybook characters, marching bands, antique and military cars, fire trucks, civic organizations, scouts, and international dancers. Virginia State Senator Dave Marsden welcomed Falun Dafa practitioners. Many people took photos of the practitioner's procession. An elementary school teacher praised the practice's guiding principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance, and said that she'd check out the Falun Dafa website. When parade-goer Alex received a flyer, she said, This is good. This is very good. I'm interested in learning how to practice Falun Dafa. Belgium, a peaceful protest of the 24-year-long persecution of Falun Dafa by the CCP took place in front of the Chinese consulate in Brussels on October 25th. Falun Dafa practitioners demonstrated the exercises and drew the attention and support of passers-by. Many drivers honked their horns to show their solidarity. The event organizer, a Falun Dafa practitioner named Wilfred said that more countries have come to recognize the true nature of the CCP. He suggested that it is necessary for everyone 
to learn about the persecution in order to effectively stop it. Wilfred hopes that through practitioners' protest activities like this one, Chinese embassy staff will also recognize the true nature of the CCP and no longer be controlled by it. He said, instead of helping the evil regime, it is better to start supporting practitioners. The following are selected cases of persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China. Mr. Ma Changqing, a 70-year-old man from Jiling Province, died on September 18th while serving a four-year term for speaking up for Falun Gong. Mr. Ma was arrested in August 2022 after the police saw him putting up a poster through a surveillance camera. He was taken to a detention center facility in nearby Changchun City on the same day. The prison called Mr. Ma's sister-in-law on September 18th and said that they were taking him to the hospital for an operation for an intestinal hernia. But hours later, the prison called again and said Mr. Ma had died. As the prison refused to provide any details about Mr. Ma's death, his sister-in-law suspected that the prison was trying to hide the true cause of his death. She believes that he was tortured to death in prison because he refused to renounce his faith in Falun Gong. Mr. Ma suffered multiple arrests and detention since 1999. He served a two-year sentence for having Falun Gong material at his home. His wife, also a practitioner, passed away in 2012 because of the persecution. Ms. Hu Hong Mei, a 75-year-old woman from Anhui Province, died on March 26 earlier this year, five months after she was released from an eight-month-long involuntary hospitalization in a psychiatric ward. It's common practice for the Chinese authorities to send healthy Falun Gong practitioners to psychiatric hospitals and subject them to involuntary drug treatments and physical torture. In February 2022, Ms. Hugh was taken to the psychiatric department of a local hospital where she was put in a ward with eight other people, including human rights activists. The management of the hospital was similar to that of a prison. Ms. Hugh was never given enough food or allowed to leave the room and she was forced to take three pills of an unknown drug three times a day, every day. After over eight months of detention, Ms. Hugh was taken to a nursing home, where she was placed on residential surveillance. The staff at the nursing home kept pressuring Ms. Hugh to renounce Falun Gong. While still suffering from the after-effects of the drug she was given at the hospital, she struggled to cope with the relentless pressure and died on March 26th. Mr. Zhang Jing of Fujian Province has been on a hunger strike since June 2019 and has had his life sustained by being force-fed in a hospital for more than four years. The 49-year-old man was arrested in 2018 while distributing Falun Gong informational materials 
and sentenced to five and a half years in prison. Mr. Zhang started a hunger strike in June 2019 to protest the mistreatment at the prison. He was taken to the prison hospital and force-fed for nearly a year. He was taken back to the prison on September 2020. A month later, prison officials notified his parents that his life was in danger. He was then taken back to the prison hospital. For the next three years, Mr. Zhang remained on hunger strike, and the prison also kept him in the hospital for force feeding. He was in critical condition a few times, but he never gave in and remained firm in his faith with an unimaginably strong will. He is scheduled to be released on November 3rd. Mr. Ma Zhang from Liaoning Province was admitted to the Shenyang City First Prison in August this year to serve a four-year term for his faith in Falun Gong. Recently, his daughter received a phone call from the prison saying that her father had been placed in solitary confinement for a second time since his prison admission. The prison guard said that Mr. Ma was assigned to Division Two upon admission, but was soon placed in solitary confinement as he insisted on doing Falun Gong exercises. He was not allowed to brush his teeth, shower, or take naps in the solitary cell. He was also handcuffed all day long in various ways. Sometimes he was shackled as well. During the day, Mr. Ma was forced to listen to audio of anti-Falun Gong propaganda and prison rules nonstop. The food given to him was much less and worse than what is typically offered to inmates held in regular cells. The guard said they let Mr. Ma out of solitary confinement two months later, but he started doing Falun Gong exercises again. They put him back in solitary confinement and threatened to keep him there for another two months. The guard also threatened to deny him family visits and forbid his family from depositing money into his commissary account. Ottawa, Canada. New report reveals CCP's persecution of Falun Gong overseas. On October 25th, Miss Dai Gongyu, a representative from the Canadian Falun Dafa Association, and two eyewitnesses met with the Canadian Parliament. Miss Dai presented a 130-page report entitled Foreign Interference and Repression of Falun Gong in Canada. The report summarizes the Communist Party's overseas attempts to suppress Falun Gong from year 1999 to 2023. It reveals the alarming scope, duration, penetration, and variety of interference. The report makes 11 recommendations for countering the CCP's overseas suppression attempts. Cases cited in the report include political infiltration, manipulation, intimidation, inciting hatred, falsification of information, assault, and harassment, as well as cyber attacks and electronic surveillance. These means were not only employed by the Chinese embassy and consulates, but also by CCP spies 
and undercover agents living overseas. The CCP's United Front Work Department was cited as playing a critical role in these crimes. The report also provided details of ongoing threats and intimidation of Canadian Falun Gong practitioners, as well as their families both in Canada and China. Ms. Dai explained, The report documents the alarming extent of CCP's disinformation, intimidation, manipulation, and interference targeted at elected officials in Canada, with the aim of preventing them from supporting Falun Gong, or criticizing the CCP's human rights violations in China. She noted that the CCP's infiltration of the Canadian political system and institutions is disturbing because it weakens the government's ability to correct this problem. For many years, the CCP has also hacked Falun Gong practitioners' email accounts and sent fake messages to Canadian officials insulting and threatening them all in an attempt to discredit DAFA and its practitioners. The report noted, Over the years, the Canadian officials have forwarded the Falun Dafa Association of Canada more than a dozen different types of these fake emails. Such emails were also sent to elected officials in other countries, including Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. The IP addresses of some of these emails were tracked back to China indicating that this is a systematic operation the CCP has used to suppress Falun Gong and influence overseas officials. The Chinese embassy and consulates directly distributed booklets and mailed letters inciting hatred against Falun Gong. They even sent threatening letters and emails to elected officials at all levels, especially parliament members, ministers, and governors, in an effort to discredit Falun Gong and undermine practitioners' efforts to expose human rights violations in China. The CCP also interfered with the activities of Canadian communities and organizations, including trying to keep Falun Gong out of community cultural events and holiday celebrations. The official newspaper of the CCP, People's Daily, reported in 2011 that inviting Canadian mayors to visit China has created a favorable attitude towards the CCP and encouraged them not to support Falun Gong. A man named Li Zhe was appointed by Beijing to lead this initiative through the auspices of the United Front. Officials from the United States, France, Italy, and other countries were also targeted in this way. Former Chinese diplomat Chen Yonglen testified before the U.S. Congress that the first priority of the Chinese consulates and embassies around the world was to attack Falun Gong systematically. The CCP has established a special task force within each diplomatic agency to launch activities against Falun Gong in each country. By extending the persecution against Falun Gong overseas, the CCP not only threatens Falun Gong practitioners, but also undermines the Canadian people's core values and their legal system. The report then gave 11 recommendations for countering the CCP's interference and transnational suppression. Michel Junio Katsua, a senior intelligence officer, said during an interview that the Canadian government has been aware of the CCP's harassment of Falun Gong for many years 
he emphasized that all Canadians should be protected regardless of their beliefs. He said that Canada needs legislation that defines overseas interference. Legislation is also needed to report foreign agents, not just lobbyists, but also those influenced by the lobbyists. He said that right now the intelligence agency only submits reports to the prime minister. He recommends the agency also provide updates to the public so that academics and professionals will have relevant information. He added that it is important for Western society to join together in countering the CCP. Fallen Dafa Experience Sharing Conference in Australia Inspires Practitioners The 2023 Australia Fallen Dafa Cultivation Experience Sharing Conference was held at the Sofitel Hotel in Melbourne on October 29th. Over 1,200 new and veteran practitioners from throughout Australia, as well as from New Zealand and Vietnam, attended the annual event. 18 practitioners, young and old, took the stage and spoke of their cultivation experiences. Practitioners shared how they made progress in cultivation by putting the principles and teachings into practice in their everyday lives. Several attendees reported that they were touched by the honest, sincere cultivation stories and inspired through discussion with fellow practitioners. One presenter, Ms. Chen, was from Sydney. She said she hadn't done the exercises in public for three years due to the pandemic. She had become lazy and could not get up in the morning or send righteous thoughts at night. She had also developed an unbearable pain in her back. A fellow practitioner asked her to go to the market to hand out flyers about Ganjing World, which she had previously promised to do. So Shen followed through, and as a result, the next day, the back pain that had plagued her for two weeks vanished. She felt lighter and encouraged. Soon after, she rejoined an exercise practice site and did the exercises every morning. She said, when I made up my mind to get rid of my attachment to comfort, I was also able to get up at midnight and send righteous thoughts. Ya Ming is a young doctor from Indonesia who studied in Australia and then moved to New South Wales. This year, he had some setbacks while helping with the truth clarification project. He had a habit of focusing on other people's faults and said, my attachment pushed others away and therefore I could not coordinate with the other practitioners. He quickly changed his mindset and reminded himself, I'm not above others. I must see their good side instead of looking for their negative sides. I suddenly felt unprecedented strength that bound me with everyone tightly. We are all a part of Dafa, and I am a particle in it. A 40-year-old Western practitioner named Richard recently helped rescue a young practitioner's family member who was arrested in China for practicing Falun Dafa. He kept running into tests while clarifying the truth to government officials. He was able to remind himself that he is a practitioner and gained a breakthrough in clarifying the truth to VIPs. 
He said it was because he reflected on several painful lessons he learned after he began to practice cultivation in 1999. Richard shared, Many of these losses were because I did not treat conflicts among practitioners correctly. I also realized that I could not resolve conflicts by emphasizing how correct my views were. I should look for areas where the other party's ideas are better than mine so that we can continue to work together rather than forcing them to follow my thoughts. This helped to distinguish whether something was arranged by master or the old forces. Ms. Chen from Queensland said she heard of Dafa at the start of the pandemic. After she began reading Juan Fallen and began practicing, she reported, My body became light. It felt as if my legs had no weight. It's an amazing feeling. I no longer feel tired. I'm happy every day. It's as if I'm a totally different person. For decades, she had had three small tumors on her body, and now even they were gone. She could not stop crying while sharing, and her tail struck a chord with conference attendees. Practitioners applauded, and several were seen wiping away tears. Through learning from others and making comparisons with themselves, they endeavored to become more diligent and able to save more people. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.